Hi everyone, welcome to this special podcast celebrating International Women's Day. My name is Jenny Meadows. I'm a former athlete, 400 meters and 800 meters. And since I've retired, I'm still involved in the sports. I work on the Futures program and I'm a team coach. And I also support some athletes and coaches away from that sort of role as well. I'm Sharon Morris and I've worked for British Athletics for 16 years. Um, I work on the Talent Pathway. I'm also a team manager for the GB Age Group Championships. Also a coach at Birchfield Harriers, mother, wife, everything. (laughs) I'm Janice Kaufman. I live up in Gateshead in the northeast of England. I'm a coach of sprints and hurdles at Gateshead Harriers and I came the route of a mother to an athlete through the coaching pathway. I wasn't an athlete myself. And I also sit as a non-executive director on the England Athletics Board. My name's Kelly Massey. I was an international athlete for a number of years in the 400 and 4x4 relay. And like Jenny, I can't escape from the sport. So I have a number of roles still within athletics. So I'm a UK anti-doping educator. I also do research around elite athletes who become elite athletes' mothers. So that's really interesting and very, very current. I also support with some of the um, futures athletes and a little bit of coaching here and there. Something that I'm particularly proud of is um, my transition out of sport. Obviously, I love being an athlete. I, I love athletics and I've always wanted to keep my foot in the door. But the thing that I'm most proud of is kind of my role now in researching particularly female athletes and kind of understanding the different roles that they can have, particularly if they want to become a mother. I'm not only proud of kind of what I've done in the research around that, but I'm also very proud of the um, female athletes who I get to speak to and the stories and the journeys and the challenges and the successes that they have and just kind of seeing them sort of shine and come into their, their own as they become new mothers and go back into their sport and achieve the idea of this kind of post-baby PB is just really inspiring to see them. So I'm kind of proud that I'm in that sort of sphere now, but I'm also very proud of the people that I work with and, um, and the things that they've achieved. What about you, Jenny? Because I'm sure you've got lots of things that you're proud of too, particularly being a, a new mum as well. You know, Kelly, it's so good that you said that, but I feel like I'm bringing all this back to me. You know, I think as athletes, we're very self-focused. I'm really passionate about the sport. You know, I I watch people's performances and I see them win a medal when they've tried so, so many times. And I'm terrible. I'm like this at soap operas. Honestly, if something emotional is going on, I'm the one with tears rolling down my eyes and people say, do you know that athlete? And you can really put yourself in their kind of in their shoes. But yeah. I feel for me, it's probably a personal thing Um, because I do have that passion for the sport, uh, which I am so glad I managed to do that, even being a professional athlete. It was probably the first medal that I achieved um, at the World Championships in Beijing, um, sorry, in Berlin even, just actually reaching a career high yourself when you kind of, you've had a struggle, it's not been easy, et cetera. Um, So many athletes spoke to me about it and said, you know, not kind of discrediting what I've done, but say, oh gosh, you know, if you can do it, I think I can. And I never had the easiest journey in the sport at times. And I think people just remember the medals and the good times and the purple patch. But when I actually did it myself, I actually thought, I am so glad for carrying on in this sport, all those dark moments, the injuries, the times when you don't think you're going to do well. 
I was really just proud of my character and my and my determination and very much like yourself Kelly you know I can use these experiences to talk to other athletes about that and I'm just so grateful I got a few moments of my own where you actually thought oh, I've reached the peak of my career and all those down moments mm. were so worth it definitely Sharon you've kind of been kind of on the other well, and you Janice as well kind of supporting your athletes now but you've had loads of moments with them where oh wow they've really achieved and just you guys been such an integral role in that what sort of things kind of are you proud of in your kind of coaching role Sharon? Similar to Janice I got into coaching um, from a parent perspective and um, so I was never an athlete my, my sport was netball but I, I think one of my proudest moments no it is my proudest moment was um, in 2018 when I won coach of the year for Birchfield Harriers and also the first black female coach as well. So that's pretty special. During that um, year, I had three athletes represent Great Britain. So that was the reason why. But it was also nice that my family was with me on the awards night. All those years of sacrifices as mothers and wives and missing special days like Mother's Day and birthdays, or I'm at warm weather training when it's my birthday. And you know, so many sacrifices. So it was really good that they could come and celebrate with me. But I, I'm just passionate about the sport. I mean, I live and breathe it, as you know, Jenny. I just love working with the Futures athletes and watching them progress and develop. I'm, I'm just really passionate about it. So that's how I got in. You know, my son was an athlete um, and I just love it. We know that, Sharon. It shines through and it's, it, it's so good. It's so important. And I know that your athletes love you too because your relationship with them is just so positive. It's lovely to see. Janice, I've not really had that much kind of understanding of what you do with your athletes because obviously I was a former Birchfield Harriers. I've worked with some of um, Sharon's athletes, but I'd love to hear about kind of your stories and moments of when they've shined or when you shone as a coach as well. <laughs> I've been coaching for about 20 years. As I say, I, I came into the sport because two of my sons were involved. I was lucky enough to coach a, a Paralympic athlete in 2012 or up to 2012. And she was lovely. She had cerebral palsy. Um, and I've also coached a, a junior international who Sharon might know, Jason Nicholson, who is a hurdler uh, and is still in the sport, fortunately. <laughs> but I think my proudest moment back end of last year, I won the Northeastern Cumbria Sports Personality of the Year Unsung Hero. And we was supposed to go to the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, but that was all cancelled. But Aww. however, I know I've got a dress. Oh, Jack, no, that's not fair. <laughs> I've my nails done and everything. But uh, I think what made it so special was it was a joint award to me and my son. So my son's no longer an athlete, but I persuaded him down the coaching pathway and he now coaches a Paralympic athlete as well. And he's doing really well. And so it was really lovely to win it um, with my son. Yeah, I think that's my proudest moment. Oh, that's amazing. I think sometimes when we're in the moment, we don't take time yeah. to reflect what we've done. And I think find it quite hard to say what we've done and what we feel proud of. But yeah, we, we absolutely should. I was going to ask the next question about role models. So, and again, we don't like to say it, but I presume, I mean, definitely, I can say it about everyone else, but I find it hard to say about myself. You, we, we will be role models to other people. There'll be people who are kind of coming through the same journey as us or experiencing similar things. I can definitely think of several role models, but my, my first one was Sally Gunnell. 
Um, and I don't know whether Kelly's, have I pinched yours, Kelly, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, no, but she, she is a sensational athlete. Uh, what a sensational athlete. Absolutely. And it was 1992, Barcelona Olympics. She won the gold medal. And it was just amazing for me. I was 11 years of age at the time. And I was already participating in the sport. I was a member of a club. And I remember just being so nervous for that um, Olympic final. There was two amazing Americans in there as well. And she won the gold. And, and for me, it was so important to see a British female athlete being the top of their game. And I know Sally now, um, I'm a friend of hers, which, which is amazing. But, you know, sometimes like you get a little bit embarrassed going, oh, stop saying I was your role model. But yeah, she absolutely was. It was so important for me at that age to see that it can be done. What about you, Kelly? I think I kind of had the same sort of moment, but it was watching Kelly Holmes in um, 2004 Athens Olympics. I think that was the first moment where it actually twigged with me about what the Olympics were, what they meant. I never kind of associated that with me and thinking, oh, I could achieve that or that was a pathway for me. But I just remember kind of like the power of that moment and, and what it sort of meant. So that was a point where I thought, yeah, I really do enjoy athletics and that I was inspired to kind of stick in the sport but it's that saying where you're you're the sum of the five people you spend most of your time with I kind of pride myself I think on my resilience and 100% learned that from my mum she's like you I know Jenny you're known as a pocket rocket um so she's a little pocket rocket she's not even five foot but I tell you what she is feisty as anything when she needs to be so definitely kind of learned that from my mum but athletics wise gotta be Kelly Holmes and again it's probably someone that a lot of 400 meter runners will say, Alison Felix as well, what she's achieved on and off the track and just how she's kind of used her status as an athlete to, to make positive changes. She's just a beautiful runner to watch. But uh, Janice, I know you probably are your son's role model in terms of uh, coaching, but what about you in terms of people <laughs> who had an impact on you? I, I was struggling with this one, to be honest. Um, I was trying to think of a role model in coaching. Being a bit older, I guess, coming up in, and growing up during the 70s and 80s, there weren't women in sport that were coaching at a high level or that you really read about. But um, Kelly Holmes is, uh, was a good shout from you as she transitioned from being an athlete, setting up her initiative for female runners and raising awareness of the issues that female endurance runners were going through. Yeah, that would probably be my choice as well. Janice, you're a groundbreaker. I love it. It's, it. It is. It's the context of who you have around you at the time. So great that you've got involved in the sport, but almost what could have you have done if you would have had yeah. more role models? That's really interesting. What about you, Sharon? Similar to Janice, I, I struggled a little bit with regards to the coaching side of um, female role models, but... I went along the, the career path and I have two, sorry. The <laughs> um, first one is Joe Summers, previously Joe Jennings. So I was in awe when I got the opportunity to work with Joe, particularly on the Futures programme. She became a great friend, a great mentor. She gave me those opportunities to work on international teams and she's just been a rock, absolutely brilliant for me in my career development and with regards to my coaching qualifications I would say Mel Hang previously Melanie Kurds when I started working at UKA I had a level one coaching license 
and she sort of encouraged me to go further with it so to do my level two and then my level three so um I have her to thank as well that's nice we, we all need someone don't we and I loved how you said Kelly about you're some of your five most important people who you spend time with um I'm gonna after this I'm gonna think who my five are <laughs> you know we all talk about role models and Janice talked a little bit about just not having the opportunities so I'm mm. trying to think as a female have I had any barriers that's kind of stopped me um I think my mindset's been really good and Kelly I would love to meet your mom because yeah that feisty determination someone who says you can do things I think I've always had that but then I've struggled because I do get emotional about things because I care and it's I don't think as females we should apologize for mm. occurring and being a little bit emotional it's it's a nice thing but I think probably having emotions and pride sometimes held me back a little bit they were barriers in themselves especially at the first point of my career so I remember making my first international team and um, it was in 2002 at the European Indoors and it was at the very end of Colin Jackson's career Jonathan Edwards's career etc and I was on the team with them almost thinking I see you guys on TV. <laughs> like, how am I in this team? Uh, which was kind of cool to be part of that. But when I think about it, you know, the British team was very male dominated back then. You know, we did have mm. an odd role model like Sally Gunnar, you know, we've had Kelly Holmes, but they were few and far between. And I can definitely think of, you know, when you used to have the Europa Cup, as it was called, you know, the men's team would win it. And the women's team, once it got combined, you know, we kind of dragged them down. and you know, it's so nice to actually see it's, it's the reverse at the moment. You know, females are really winning the medals, being the most successful. But I think definitely at a pivotal point in my career, seeing it being dominated by males, and like I say, female success is few and far between, that probably was a barrier to me believing that I could be one of the best. And um, yeah, definitely a different era that young athletes are, are living in at the moment. What about you, Kelly? Uh, can you think of any barriers in the sport for you? It made me laugh when you think your kind of debut on the team. Mine was European indoors in Paris. I was taken for the relay. I didn't get to run. They only had one round. And I remember I wanted to kind of understand the thought process behind it. And I was speaking to my roommate, Joyce Madwaka at the time. And she goes, oh, just go and speak to, it was Charles at that point. And she went, just don't cry in front of him and make sure you have the last word. <laughs> so I'd like gone down and I was like asking him, trying to understand. I cried, didn't I? I cried. But I made sure I had the last word. But I was like, okay, let's <laughs> just walked off. But I'm not saying that men aren't emotional or all women are, are too emotional. Things, but we do have those emotions because we care so much. But sometimes I feel like we are a barrier to ourselves, And I don't know whether it's the kind of historical kind of development of it but almost not bigging ourselves up enough and not um thinking we're worth certain things or or a status or or going out to get in sponsorship my mum was very like pushy why don't you try and do this oh no no I'm not good enough so maybe having that internal self-belief but not being able to express it externally yeah. because I never quite felt like I had my place or earned my place I don't think it was until 2014 Europeans before we went into the final of the four by four you know we have hands in one two three GB I remember Lloyd Cohen said to us 
right? You're running 51s, that's good. But as soon as you run the, the 50 points or below, you've really contributed to the medals. And that was the first time I'd run a 50 point on a relay split. So that was probably the first year where I felt like I actually deserve to be in this kind of position. Not always felt that. So I felt like sometimes I was a barrier. What have you kind of experienced, Sharon? When I started my, my coaching journey, there wasn't that many coaches that looks like me. You know, even when we went to coaching courses, coaching conferences. Sharon, this is it. You're still the most glamorous. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not many coaches do look as glam. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I find that a little bit uncomfortable. Even trying to balance being a coach whilst being a full-time employee and being a mum, I remember when I first started at British Athletics, I had my two kids and I'd get my, my kids all packed in the car to get changed after I finished work. And then I've got my son's kit as well and his spikes and I've got my daughter's food because she was in the pushchair at that time, leaving from work, going along the M6 because we were in Solihull at the time and then picking them up and my son getting changed in the car and my daughter eating, you know, her, her foods and meals and stuff and then arriving at the track. And then you think about this and then when, once you finish coaching, you've got to go home and cook. <laughs> so it would be good if a lot of the male coaches understood what we have to go through to get to coaching. I mean, majority, yes, they, they'll be married, but those who don't have a, a wife as a female coach don't always fully understand the impact of what we have to go through to coach. But I mean, this is what we want to do. We're passionate about it. So we make it work, but it's not easy to balance and prepare and prep every single day just to get along and coach. Yeah, Sharon, I think you're amazing. I've obviously got a little baby, but Trevor's in it with me and we've got yeah. one and that's honestly hard enough just listening to what you say about all that prep it's not just being there at that training session the whole impact on your whole family it's yeah. uh, so inspirational it's great just to have a supportive family because if you know if they weren't supportive then it wouldn't have worked so no. I am lucky I can understand now when you've got the award in 2018 you know that's recognition that your family being there yeah absolutely you've all contributed which which is amazing Janice as far as barriers what would you say for that one uh, I think in the early days being taken seriously as you start your coaching journey and because I had a, a view in mind that I didn't want to just coach young children which is where you're pigeonholed still in clubs yeah that I wanted to be a serious coach if I was going to do it I wanted to do it properly and I remember on my level three coaching course, the tutor specifically asking me why I was wasting my money going for level three when I'd probably drop out the sport when my son did, which um, wow. I don't think would happen now. Uh, well, I hope it wouldn't happen now. But sometimes, like Sharon, I'd be the only female in the room. So you'd go on a coaching course, you'd be the only female. You'd go on a, a conference, there'd be one or two, usually Sharon <laughs> <laughs> and, and Karen Buck. <laughs> um, administration meetings as well, I'd be the only woman in the room. So a lot's changed, I think, over the 20 years where I've been coaching, it's much better. But uh, still, when I talk to women coaches at national championships, when they're in the, um, the warm-up area, Several of them say that they suffer from imposter syndrome and don't think they 
earned the right to be there or deserve to be there. And I don't think you get that from male coaches. So I think we do mm. put barriers in the way sometimes. It's interesting you say that because I remember when I was at uni and Valerie Harkins, formerly Valerie Rutter, was my coach at that time, along with Roger Harkins. I was speaking to a French professor and I was discussing about athletics because he was interested in athletics. It was really confused the fact that I had a female coach, but your coach is female. Because almost instantly he would say, he. And I think a lot of people will automatically assume that your coach would be male, but I guess female coaches aren't, we're not exposing them enough and yeah, allowing those opportunities because there are additional challenges with those other roles. What do you think could be done maybe, um, Sharon, to kind of support that representation of maybe female coaches? I think it's important to have um, role models and mentors. There are a few coaches that I do mentor similar representation to myself. I just think seeing somebody else who's actually coaching well, producing, getting the results in, it'll sort of encourage them to sort of, oh, I can do this as well. I think we just need to be present and we need to be visual or else we won't get many female coaches of different minorities coming through the sport. Also, the environment needs to be a positive place. So yeah. I guess it's not just the fact that you, we need to be seen. It's also, it needs to be a welcoming yeah. scenario. Because yeah. I know Janice, you said about people saying, wasting your time doing your level three. What do you feel needs to be done to kind of improve that presence of female coaches? I think uh, Sharon's hit the nail on the head pretty much with um, role models and being seen. But also... Uh, one of the things that uh, I was on my high horse about a couple of years ago was when you go and represent England or one of your athletes do and you get kit, it was always male kit. And I'm a coach tutor as well. And it was always male kit. So it never fitted properly. So you kind of was stood alongside a, a chap who had nice fitting tracksuit. And because I'm tall and slim, I had youth trousers, which were halfway up my leg, the jacket, the sleeves were halfway down my hands. And I looked a bit of a rag bag alongside. So I really pushed so that we could get women's sizes. And I think England Athletics has taken that on board. And we are getting women's sizes now, which I think is a, something to celebrate as well. You need to be seen to be taken seriously. And I think it was Dean Rasha Smith said, if you can see it, you can believe it. If people see successful women coaches, um, not necessarily at the high performance level, but also at the youth level, uh, and we celebrate those successes, then uh, more women will have the confidence to do that. But also, uh, as Sharon said, the support that you need, if you haven't got a supportive family, when you've got all your other commitments, all the school runs and all the other things that you do as a mother, as various clubs then it's really difficult to find time for yourself and to to progress your own career yeah I think things are, are slowly taking the step in the right direction it's just it is extremely slow and obviously with my kind of interest in in female athletes particularly becoming mothers we, we've seen over the past year several kind of shifts towards supporting women they're competing you know, into their 30s now, and they're going to want to, or not everybody, but it's not for everybody, but majority of them want to have families. So it's not seen as compatible, but obviously we've seen changes in contracts in terms of uh, particularly Nike. 
We've seen changes in the products that are available to suit pregnant women doing sport. Um, we've seen changes in UK sports funding. So you can't get dropped from your funding if you become pregnant. But then also I supported with the documentation that's come out um, around um, guidance for pregnant and um, mothers who are athletes. But what about you thinking, Jenny, what else could be done maybe to not just necessarily female athletes that want to be mothers, but just in general, what could we do to kind of support? You know, when you said some of those things, Kelly, it's staggering that these are recent developments. Mm. You know, you kind of think 2022 now, some of these are like in the past two years. Mm. It's like I say, astonishing that they've not happened. I think there is some real momentum again it, it fundamentally it comes down to role models people have got to be pioneers so sharon you were in an era where there was probably only you doing what you did janice same so on behalf of kelly and i and the younger generation thank you <laughs> because it's people being prepared to pave the way i do think there's some good recognition and some real good initiatives so i know sharon and i have been on a european athletics uh, women's leadership program and that just gave us the opportunity, just like what we're doing here, you know, just to have a conversation with people and just to actually be prepared to say, you know, there's other people in my situation and you're not alone. So I think that kind of mentoring or informal mentoring or that kind of community of practice, just having peers to actually say it's happening in this country, it's happening overseas, we're all the same and we're kind of in it together. But ultimately, things are only ever going to change for females if, you know, males come on board, which has been really good. Mm. You know, at governance levels, there's, you know, um, gender equity quotas. World Athletics are doing it. European Athletics are doing it. And some real aspirations by certain years that there's a true representation of gender on certain boards. You know, I think it's really important that women, we talk about this and we say, yes, it should happen. But we should put ourselves forward for things. Mm. And sometimes you kind of think, oh, should I, should I do this? But if we don't, if we're not prepared to be brave and take the first step, maybe our peers won't do either. So I do think it's that, you know, opportunity. If you see opportunities, just back yourself. There's lots of things I've thought twice about and then just pressed a button on the keyboard and sent it and then probably panicked and worried. But I thought, actually, so glad I do that. If I don't do it, who will? Yeah, that's so true. We've all, you know, got the same themes in one way, shape or form. So it's really important to support each other. Shall we have a bit of fun to finish off, do you reckon? Definitely. One of the things I was thinking of, and probably because I've got an answer to this, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, and I'm not sure whether I, I like mine that I'm going to choose or not. But um, I was thinking of um, if there was a film about your life, if you had to pick an actress, which actress would play you in the film? So mine is, and I was really trying to debate, I was trying to remember a name, I even had to Google it. Um, I don't think I look anything like her now, but uh, mine would probably be uh, Reese Witherspoon. When I was younger, probably like 16 to 20, she's maybe four or five years older than me. She really looked really similar. I remember Trevor's uncle buying a newspaper once whizzed past the shelves I thought oh Jenny's in the in the paper and kind of got it home and was like oh it's not Jenny at all so um yeah I, I still think she's glamorous I think she's had a down phase at some point but I look at her and I think you know again what Sharon was saying about having a family having commitments 
trying to be an actress that's a tough gig isn't it you know and then you're in the public eye as well but I wish I had someone on a daily basis to do my hair and makeup that would be pretty good <laughs> Sharon I really want to know who you think would play you is there anyone in the world as glamorous as you yeah <laughs> this this was a tough one I actually thought about two but I finally went with Queen Latifah yes Sharon yes <laughs> We need to make this happen. Well, she's got a large presence anyway. But when I was younger, I was a little bit mischievous when I was younger. I think she's just a multitasker. She's passionate. She's She loves a lot of fun. And I, I do get people, they might be sarcastic, I don't know, but they'll say, oh, the Queen's here when I arrive at a track <laughs> or something like that. So I, I think her, I think she's a lot of fun. She's passionate about what she, she does. So and she's got a bit of sass. So yeah, I'll go for Queen Latifah. Amazing. Janice, what about you? So I went with uh, Julia Roberts from her role in Erin Brockovich. Now, she looks nothing like me. Not pretty woman. <laughs> Not pretty woman. <laughs> Although she was sassy and um, uh, everything feisty in that as well. I just like the way that she portrayed that role of being not taken seriously and having to battle uh, the male lawyers to get a result. That was pretty cool, really. I, I genuinely wish I looked like her. <laughs> me too. She can play me any day of the week. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? I kind of played Jenny Meadows in an advert in 2012. You did? <laughs> so um, did, Kelly, 2012, yeah, National Lottery advert was based on Jenny's story and her mum's story. Um, so I actually sort of played Jenny. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> I hope I did it justice. But yeah. I think for me, just because I think she's an absolute badass and she could probably actually run with decent technique is what's the name of the lady who plays Wonder Woman? Gal Gal Gadot. That's who I'd have because I just think she's she's just mega. <laughs> I just love it that it's Wonder Woman. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Let's just go with that, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> we need this to happen oh it's been so nice chatting to you all I think sometimes in our lives we're so busy and we see each other at events and we kind of like high five or or pass each other in the corridor but uh I've really got a lot out of this chat I hope everybody else has yeah it's so nice it's been amazing thank you thank you for inviting me yeah it's been fun yeah thanks for having us guys mm -hmm.